Welcome to the Christ Connection Podcast. We are here to help and encourage you to enjoy your adventure with Jesus. I'm your host, Kevin Senapati-Ratna. Let the journey begin. Hello and welcome to episode 23 of the Christ Connection Podcast. My name is Kevin Senapati-Ratna and I hope you're experiencing the new compassion and love that God has for you today. It's new every morning. My guest today is Erin Weideman. She's a five-time cancer survivor and Erin is the founder and CEO of Bible Bells and the award-winning author of the Adventures of Rooney Cruz series. She's a national recognized speaker and is a uh, part of the Speakers Bureau for World Vision, a, a Christian humanitarian organization. And we have some fun in this episode. It's a wide-ranging conversation uh, from uh, how she worked with her perspective while going through those uh, uh, cancer uh, bouts to her love of hot sandwiches. <laughs> uh, I, you'll see I was having a lot of fun uh, with this one. But at the core of the conversation is a how a heart of radical obedience to Jesus and his mission for your life will lead you to impact a generation her you can just feel her her love and her passion to raise up young girls as leaders now whether you have a young girl or not this is just some great practical stuff to help you on your own walk with God and what obedience can mean and where it can take you so I think you're going to be encouraged so without further ado my conversation with Aaron Weideman. All right, Aaron Weideman, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Kevin. And it's Weideman like vitamin, I hear. That's the way to it say is. it. <laughs> I used to tell kids at school, when they were like, what's your last name? And I'd say, just call me Mrs. Vitamin, so you can remember <laughs> it's a W. <laughs> All right. And uh, the way that I connected with you, I think the audience should know how I connected with you, was uh, my daughter and I were using the U version. Uh, app lesson thing that you uh, and I, I was like this is interesting so I, I did a little and then we got <laughs> connected with you there so uh, thank you for what you're doing oh thank you it's it's awesome to be able to do it I'm glad you found us on you version too I wrote those as like mini devotionals just to give you know girls and parents a way to interact with some of the stories of women and it was exciting to do <laughs> uh, and uh, I'm sure we'll get into all, we'll jump all over the place with this, but I I wanted to start with, uh, some, it's dangerous when I do last minute research, uh, and I was doing a little last minute research, and you were on a, another show, and you said they talked about everything but your love of hot sandwiches. Uh, oh my gosh. <laughs> and so I think we need to start with your love of hot sandwiches. We, if, how much time do you have, Kevin? <laughs> Is this a real um, thing? Yeah, I love them. Um, I just, I love paninis. I love sandwiches that I, like, I, and I love cold sandwiches, like, don't get me wrong, but I think my favorite sandwich is a Cuban. Um, oh. Like, right now, my mouth just watered and it's morning. <laughs> so it's not time to have one of those. I just love them. I don't know why. Um, maybe it's because it's, it's bread and meat and cheese and all my favorite things smushed together and it's hot. I'm not sure why. <laughs> Hey, when I I don't know if you're familiar with Candace Payne with Ch Chewbacca Mom. I, yeah. I had her on the show and we talked talked about her love of cheese sandwiches. So, uh, so I'm in good company. Perfect. <laughs> this is this is becoming a recurring theme, I guess. But I, I figured I should cover that right off the bat, and we can everything else. Thanks is... for easing us into this conversation about talking about something that I could spend a lot of time talking about. <laughs> 
<laughs> that. <laughs> all right all right how about one more random uh, random question uh, you uh, you, uh, you used to be a spanish teacher uh, uh, <laughs> and so well you taught in general uh, but you spanish teacher and I, i'm in the process of learning spanish uh, and, uh, oh, excelente. <laughs> i'm starting to learn spanish <laughs> Yeah. I'm not good at it yet. And, and any advice on uh, uh, learning a language for an adult like myself? I think um, two things, you know, memorizing words like and vocabulary words that you need rotely will really help you. So I think, you know, just getting good at, at getting back into the old flashcard days or whatever, whatever you could do well to kind of rip through wrote memorizing some of the words that you need but I think one thing I love about Spanish is is the rules if, if that makes sense like all of the grammar rules make a lot of sense there are way less exceptions to those grammar rules than there are in English um, and even down to you know the sounds that every vowel makes there's only one sound that the a makes in Spanish so it's it's always ah, you know, so it, it's not going to overwhelm you to go to see all these different letters and go, oh, do I have to decode this information? It's literally the, the A says ah, the E says eh, and so on. Um, so it's, it's just easy. It, it's, it's easier to learn that language if it makes sense, even as an adult. Right. Well, it's uh, probably easier to learn Spanish than English, but I already know, sort of know English. So <laughs> we're no, it's going to serve you well. And you'll notice, too, like the roots of different words and like the words that come from Latin and um you know, like you'll you'll be able to you'll be able to connect the language that you have primarily with the new one. So it's it's kind of exciting. It's like a puzzle to put together, but for your brain. For your brain. Uh, <laughs> so, we before we would start, I would have uh, given the intro of all your your accolades and the Bible bells and things <laughs> like that. But uh, I, we we need to uh, get into something probably a little more serious. Uh, you five time cancer survivor uh, that's crazy for me to even think about uh that uh, i'm guessing there's not a lot of in your company then is there i mean is there a lot of people who go through five times i don't even know if i've heard of that i don't know um i yeah i i don't meet a lot of people who have dealt with it five separate times um you know for me that was over the course of about five or six years and it would you know, we would, it, the first diagnosis came and we did all of the treatments and, you know, the, the surgeries and the radiation and the quarantine and everything. And then, you know, I got a good scan and a clean bill of health. And then the next cycle around, it was, okay, it's back. Let's start that process all over again. So it was really just five or six years of, um, a barrage, I guess, of diagnoses and recurrences and, and just having to deal with that. It did get easier. Um, I know that that's hard to even grasp, but, you know, the first one was so scary and serious and it really just was everywhere all over the top half of my body that when we went to deal with it the first time, you know, as subsequent diagnoses came, it really, it really just became more of like a part-time job and something to deal with on like a, in a lesser way because that first one was so horrendous. But yeah, I don't think a lot of people, I don't know. I don't come across a lot of people who have dealt with it that many times. Hey. So are you saying, because I, I was thinking about diagnosis number four, you know, mm -hmm. is it, I, I mean, when you get to that number, I mean, I know if you, know, you still have five that you, but uh, that's kind of a number four when the doctor walks in and says, you know, it's back. I mean, is, is there, what kind of emotions are there at that point? 
I think at the beginning when it came back for like two and three, it was kind of irritating. And then four, it was like, oh, well, this makes sense because it's been, you know, every nine months to 12 months on the dot. Like, I'm not surprised anymore. And what's funny about that is I met my husband right in there uh, and we dated and got married as that was going on. So God really worked on me in terms of surrendering and, you know, considering things that I didn't think were possible. I mean, here's this person who wants to, you know, pursue me and sees this future and our family and all these things that I couldn't see at the time because I was knee deep in, you know, dealing with all of the medical stuff. But um, yeah, it's really interesting to think back on it. Next month, it'll be 12 years since my first diagnosis. I'm six years completely cancer free. And God's really moved in so many amazing ways, um, personally, professional, I mean, in every way possible. Um, yeah, and pulled me out of a really rough time. But now it's it's interesting to be kind of farther out of it and, and on to different things. And sometimes we think about that time. We're like, this is so, it was so long ago, it feels like. <laughs> so it seems like, uh, like a, a totally different world at some points. Yeah, I mean, we, yeah, it was, you know, it's hard to navigate, I think, when you're doing it for the first time. And especially if you're not the one supporting someone who's going through it, but you're actually the person that's going through it. And it really hit me in a rough way. I think, you know, being an athlete and never really having any injuries to deal with. And I was always really healthy. I don't have any history in my family. So it just floored me as a human being uh, to be told that it wasn't, you know, not just it was cancer, but it was serious. And it's been in here a really long time. And it's metastasized to all your lymph nodes and the top of your whole body. It's in your brain stem. It's all over. Um, you know, it was just scary, I think. And, uh, you, you know, you dealing with that for the first time and trying all of the emotions that come up. I was 26 when that was going on and not walking with the Lord at all. Um, you know, just off doing my own thing. And God really used that in a beautiful way to, wrench my heart and to give me like a violent shove into reality. And I'm, I'm eternally grateful that it happened the way it did, because I think it's the only thing that would have got my attention. Wow. I, I heard you say in an interview that having gone through five times, uh, well, they, they asked you, uh, what is the, you know, the, when you sweat the small stuff, uh, and you're like, I don't sweat the small stuff after going through it that, uh, and I want to ask this carefully because I don't uh, want it to sound bad but uh, you you obviously learned something that changed your perspective on uh, having gone through challenges uh, that change your perspective on life uh, any advice for other people to use those challenges themselves to change their perspective does that make any sense yeah, I think, um, you know, and, and going through a time where it was like, I think my time as an athlete really served me well in, in having to deal with cancer. I mean, I, you know, growing up and playing sports, and there's all these great things that come out of competition, right? Like learning persistence and perseverance and mental toughness. And I really spent a lot of time in that early season just talking to myself and trying to get myself through it. But what I learned was it's not really always all about you pushing yourself to get through to the next step. It's, it's really more about asking questions, asking questions of the Lord. Lord, what do you want me to learn in this process? What are you trying to show me? How can I be a blessing even in the pit that I'm in to other people? You know, how is this, how is this trial that I'm experiencing playing a part in my actual plan or in, in your plan and your purposes for me on the planet? You know, and what can I be doing right now to, to walk, walk more fully in that? Um, so for me, I mean, I would encourage people, you know, it's good to talk to yourself and, and 
make that push to get through the hard thing and bring God along with you, certainly. But I think it's it's equally important to be asking questions during that season, not just talking to yourself declaratively, but asking you know questions about how God wants to use this and really inviting him in to show you something as it's going on. It, asking questions meaning... Uh from it because you said like what can i learn from this but is it i mean is just keep asking questions till you find a good one is that kind of no i i think you know like the lord wants to use it and he wants to show you things throughout the process and some of the things he wants to show you have nothing to do with you some some of them do but i think for me like you know that first diagnosis really got me asking some hard questions like okay lord i'm not going to live very long so what did you make me to do and what does what is life supposed to look like because it clearly is not looking the way you designed it to look for me. So, um, and God spoke to me in that season. He, I, I felt like he just kind of like tapped me on the shoulder and said, why are you not a teacher? You have this really special relationship with children. You always have, and you're supposed to be impacting young people. But I was working, you know, I was working in finance at, at a bank at the time, trying to make that money, you know? And, um, I got stuck doing that for a really long time. So I think for me professionally, it was, you know, aligning the work that I was going to do with his ultimate purpose for me, which is go and win souls, go and make disciples, what he wants everyone to do. Um, and we need to leverage all of our gifts and our resources and our time and our, you know, the investment that he's making in our lives to do those things, to win souls and make disciples. So how are we doing that? Um, you know, for me at the, at the beginning, it was just to get into a classroom. I mean, I enrolled in a teacher credentialing program. I was still in the middle of treatment, wow. doing it on, doing it online going, I don't have any time to waste. Wow. Hey, and, and now you're, you've shifted out of teaching, you got the Bible bells and then you're, uh, uh, even expanding the brand there, uh, beyond that. Uh, uh, when I was talking to your husband, uh, and then it's also on your website, which he, he's, in a, he's a pretty funny guy. You got, <laughs> got there. He's the best. Everybody thinks I'm like the entertainer. Oh, I'm the one that's traveling around and speaking and teaching. I'm like, you guys don't realize like the unsung <laughs> hero and the, the stand up comedian and the everything of Bible Bells is my amazing husband. <laughs> hey, he, he's got, he's got, he's got some jokes, but anyway, <laughs> he has so many jokes. All right. Not all of them are appropriate. <laughs> is but, that okay to say? Yes. Yes. <laughs> We, we, he's not on here to tell them, so we're fine. Oh, no, he wouldn't, he wouldn't lie. Uh, I'll, I'll confirm it. <laughs> but uh, on your website, and he was saying there's kind of three slogans that you go by, and I th- if you're okay, I'd like to kind of break them down a little bit. Uh, in, inspiring women, empowering girls, and making noise. Uh, oh, okay. starting with in, inspiring women, what what does that mean? What does that look like? I think it means helping women get out of their own way mentally and emotionally so they can do what God's called them to do. And I, you know, learned that the hard way (laughs) Um, over, over seasons of mistakes and God's grace. And, you know, I'm still here to, to tell about it and to share stories about how God showed up big when we just surrender and lay down the things that as women we're holding on to that are truly holding us back from walking fully in our purpose, whether it's, you know, busy schedules or feeling so devastated by what happens to us and having it affect us in such a real way, or just the very real trauma um, and abuse that women struggle with, What you know, whether it's, you know, and usually it's just individual to their own situation. But I feel like my role in inspiring women 
is to just share stories and, and, you know, not just that cancer and the survival of a disease that everybody, you know, resonates with somebody who has struggled with that disease. Um, but really just the transformative power of God and what he can do in your heart and in your mind and not just in your body and healing me from a physical sense, but being able to come alongside you and really show you when you're open to his plan, what he wants to do through you. And it's exciting to be able to invite women into that and give them permission to do it. And before we hit record, you were saying how part of that is uh, if you're going to impact girls, you need to kind of work through uh, <laughs> through the women uh, the, the, in their lives. Is that what I understood? Yeah, I think so, too. You know, you got to remember that all the women, you know, all the little girls that grew up, they became adult women. And uh, in a lot of senses, in a lot of sense, we're you know, just grown up girls is what I was how I categorize us. It's not, you know, we didn't become adult women and get it all figured out. But we've got to think about how we're going to teach and equip the next generation of girls, girls who are not yet grown up women. Can we pour into them in such a way that it builds their character and their faith and strengthens their identity and increases their confidence and gives them the tools and skills they need to lead and influence and make an impact in this world, which is what we're trying to do as adult women. But we've got roadblocks in front of us. We've got, you know, things we need to break off of us. We've got, there, there are a lot of issues that adult women, there are a lot of barriers for them. And what I see for, for the next generation of girls who are not yet grown, those barriers do not exist. They're still struggling with challenges, but don't we have an incredible opportunity to come alongside them as adult women and as mentors to bring them up in a different way and to give them the skills that they need to help them grow certain skills to be able to effectively lead in the way God wants us to lead. Right. And so, <clears throat> so kind of inspiring women and empowering girls tied to, together from that sense. Is that what... Yeah. And there's a, you know, there's a sisterhood involved in, you know, communities of women that come together and want, want to affect the world want to innovate want to create want to support their families and love the people around them encourage people we have a, a mighty sisterhood that we're a part of and it's so funny because I spent you know a long time as a young person kind of shying away from my fellow sisters and I was always a tomboy and I was always like oh girls like I don't want to really hang out with them I kind of get more the sporty side of like you know the masculine way of being and um now it's funny to be on the other side of that going, no, no, I really missed something as a woman. I need to like make sure that I, I understand and know the value of community and how powerful it is for women to be able to come together. Right. I was going to talk about this later, but, but since you brought it up, the, the idea of uh, women as leaders and men as leaders, uh, that they're different, but they're both important. Uh, can you talk a little bit about uh, your idea with that? Yeah, I think so. You know, it, and if we go back to Genesis, we we see God's initial mandate for both genders, both male and female, his created beings. Right at the onset of creation, he told us to populate the earth, to subdue the earth, to have dominion over the animals. I mean, he gave us all of these things to do that he wanted us to accomplish. And from that scripture, I feel like we can understand that it's not meant to be a competition. Our, our styles and design for leadership, male and female, don't aren't des they're not designed to be combative. It's designed for to be complementary and to to work together and figure out how to co-labor and do the things that God has asked us to do. And the roles are very different. The design, you know, inside a woman, her brain biology 
are so different than the male design. And it's been fun, I think, to, you know, be involved in that conversation, to be researching that, to be in, you know, to be learning about that for myself and how we can pare that information down and really give adult women, moms and mentors a way to teach through the feminine design and God's plan for your daughter or your girl's leadership in terms of how she's wired, why she thinks the way she does, why she feels certain ways, um, you know, why issues affect her differently than other people. There's, there's a science behind that and there's God's amazing design behind that. So I think it's about just making that plain so that adult women can use it. And I, I'm sure we'll come back to that because I have other, I have your blog, some of your blog posts I even printed off for myself because <laughs> I, I you do all the research. <laughs> it's good. Uh, somewhere from, one of them is from like 2016. So I get it. I get a prize, I think. No. <laughs> Uh, but I did want to. Uh, we didn't. We left one off there. Um, uh, making noise. Uh, uh, what is what is what is that all about? I think you know, and I like that that's up there because it's life is really not about just making noise, uh, but the, <laughs> but the right kind of noise. And I think like one of the hashtags we use for Bible Bells is a different kind of noise, and the idea that you know God doesn't call us to go out into the world and just shout and yell and scream and be in everybody's face about everything. But I think the way that he calls us to make noise and be heard, that's why the first Bible Bell series, I mean, we found out later that the acronym for the five women spells the word heard, which was like a little God tap. Like, <laughs> oh, I thank you, Lord, for confirming my creativity around these women. Because in my head, I was like, oh, I just put them in that order for, you know, the, the character traits that I felt like could build one after the other as you're teaching, you know, your daughter about God and his character. But, um, you know, the idea of being heard and in light of all of the Me Too, you know, movement and conversation around girls and their voices, our voices do matter. But I think an important question for us to ask is how are we, how does God want us to use that voice to champion his cause and to arise and advance his kingdom? And that's really, I think the most important question we can ask for young people, boys and girls, um, but in my conversation, it's girls. How does God want you to use your voice? What is the message? What are the messages that we're called to bring to the world? And we're called to bring them with love and compassion and grace and all of the ways that we can reflect Jesus to people, you know, in a dark and broken world that needs him desperately. We all have a role to play in that conversation and in that, in that bigger narrative, I think. Uh, in, in one of your... Uh, blog just said one of the things the uh, the world is telling them is that in order to be a strong successful leader they need to be pushy authoritative and domineering uh, lots of sports figures actors and artists it's all about leading loud uh, can you think of any because you're saying a, it's a different type of leadership it's a different type of uh, can you think of an example of what that looks like so that someone who's trying to get their mind around what's the difference here or just some way yeah yeah I think it comes down what well, comes down to a lot of things for me uh, under having enough of a base understanding of your design male or female you know to understand this this is the way that God has equipped me internally to interact with the external world, I think is an important, you know, it's not enough, in my opinion, to just know that, yep, men and women are different. I think, especially as parents, if we're going to come alongside these next generations, we need to understand what specifically is different and how can that understanding inform the way we parent, 
the way we mentor, the way we conduct ourselves as champions for Christ. So I think the design, like understanding the way that your individual design pairs with your influence of people is an important factor. I also think the idea of credibility is extremely important. No one is going to trust and believe in you unless you, A, trust and believe in yourself, and B, build inside your relationship enough enough credibility so someone will come along for whatever ride you want to take them on. However you want to influence your neighborhood or community or church family or you know the, the world at large, you have to be someone of integrity, of, of enough character that that you that someone would would want to listen and and respect what you have to say and you don't need to be an expert to do that god doesn't need us to be experts he doesn't need expertise he needs obedience so i think understanding how to pair you know forthrightness and integrity with your own personal obedience in your walk with god when those two things come together that is how we impact people Oh, that's so good. Oh, obedience. Uh, you can be obedient whether you're loud or, <laughs> or quiet. <laughs> the, yeah, it's, uh, you know, Lord, what are you telling me to do? And discerning that, you know, and life is loud and life is busy, like you, we talked about a second ago. But, um, you know, I think, too, the Lord reveals things in his time. But we can definitely, if we prioritize what he's telling us over what, you know, and lay down the things that we feel like we're supposed to be doing, Um you know, that, that's just, that's what he wants for all of us. At least in my experience, I've had a hard time, you know, I've had to surrender things. I talk about this often. I've had to surrender things in bits and pieces. It wasn't like <laughs> a pool, I'll just jump inside the, the Jesus pool and, you know, and swim around and my whole life will be great. It was very much seasons of, okay, Lord, I've got to surrender my marriage to you. And now I've got to surrender my, you know, one of our jobs to you. And my husband quit his job and I was still full-time teaching with a little tiny baby until my husband in the backyard was like, you know, I think you're supposed to quit your job. And I was like, oh, you're crazy. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the Lord spoke to me in that season, gave me a very, like a dove out of the clouds sign that I was supposed to quit. And I thought, okay, Lord, I'll surrender this. You know, I'll, it just comes in seasons and waves. And I think the Lord is gracious and um patient with us as we as we figure out what he wants to show us which i'm grateful for yes i'm i'm grateful that it's not always you know jump out of the boat and walk on water today it's it's let's take this in baby steps sometimes he's like i'll just push you out there that's fine (laughs) and those are our days you have to trust the goodness of god i guess he's Hey, he's not going to let you fall. Uh. No, I always think about to my husband, you know, back, back when I was, you know, full-time teaching. And I think he said to me out of the blue one time, he was like, you know what I think you're supposed to do? I think you're supposed to like, you're supposed to share your testimony. I think I see you standing in front of groups of women and talking about your cancer journey and all these things. And I looked at him and I said, I'm not a sharer to him. <laughs> That's what I said to him. It's like three years ago, Kevin. <laughs> Well, and now it's funny because what am I doing? I'm professional. I mean, I'm traveling all over the place. Like I'm on the radio. It's just interesting how God's like, oh, you're not a share. That's so cute. Yeah. I, you wonder sometimes if in heaven God's up there laughing. Well, oh, I, I make him laugh daily. He's probably like, this, this adorable human being. What's she up to today? <laughs> uh, in one of your interviews, you talk about uh, 
when you're thinking about uh, parenting, uh, that that first stage of parenting is just surviving, uh, and then uh, that you encountered students in middle school that their parents were still surviving and they had never moved to proactive parenting. Uh, first, what, what can you explain a little bit more what you meant by that? But then also, how can a parent move towards more intentionality because you're in that survival mode? Yeah, you definitely are at the beginning, um, you know, because you're just trying to get through your life and keep the baby alive and all the things, right? But at some point, you know, at some point that baby starts moving around and communicating with you. And I mean, even before that, your modeled behavior, the way that you speak, the tone with which you speak, the words you choose to use, um, you know, inspired by scripture or not, that baby's watching and processing and internalizing all of those things. So at some point, we as parents have to make that switch from, I'm no, I, I'm all of their needs are met, their physical needs are met. Now I need to understand the investment that I'm called to make, to make them an arrow in my quiver. And um, I'm re- reading Bill Johnson's book, Raising Giant Killers, right now, and it's just reinforcing. What I feel like is really important just, you know, for parents to be thinking about as we raise our kids, you know, the goal is not to raise happy, successful human beings. The goal is to raise people who will champion Christ, men and women, young men and women who are not afraid to share the gospel, who are going to do it in love, who are going to figure out the way that God wants them to leverage all of the investment he's made in their lives for the good of his kingdom. And I think when we keep that in mind, it helps the the things that require or should require less priority in our lives to take their proper place. And we, you asked me about the small stuff a little earlier uh, during this conversation. And I think so often parents, you know, we can get overwhelmed by all of the things we have to do and what we're trying to create for our kids and the environment, the experiences and the money and the everything that we're trying to create this life for them. When at the end of the day, like God's, God's meeting all of their needs, their needs are met. So can we focus on the fruits of the spirit? Can we prioritize things like peace and joy and the learning of scripture, you know, and the interacting with with the Bible and God daily in our lives and in every way, not just in a 10 minute devotional during breakfast. No, that's, that's very good. I was, as you're saying that I was thinking, uh, tomorrow I, uh, my family goes on vacation and, uh, and we're going to, uh, you, when you're in that, uh, when you're in that season of getting, going on vacation, you can, uh, think about all the experiences which are important but at the at the same time there is the what is she learning by watching us and how we process vacation and the fruit of the spirit in our own lives so that's really good as far as what what are you gonna teach by the way you model your life and this being a little more intentional so uh, switching gears for me I was listening to some of your uh, podcast episodes uh, and one of the questions that you asked one of your guests was uh, what is the best advice you've ever received from someone else and so since it's your question I thought it would be only fair to ask you what you <laughs> I love that um, gosh there's so many things that people have told me that I feel like are good things to say but the one that I feel like I keep coming back to all the time and my husband and I talk about often 
So when we started, when we had the, the idea for Bible Bells, we literally had nowhere to, I mean, we didn't know where to start. We went to our church bookstore and we're like, where are the cool books for girls to learn about the women of the Bible? Like we were so, we had no idea what to do, but we, we couldn't find any. So we thought, okay, that's telling us something, but we did find like one really cute book and it was a book of poems called God's Promises for Little Girls. And it was written by an author out of Murfreesboro, Tennessee named Amy Parker. And we, we, we were like, oh, this book's so cute. It's awesome. My husband's like, let's just email her. Like, and then we looked her up and she's like a famous author. She's written like 60 books. She's like a really famous children's <laughs> author. So in my mind, I'm like, no, we can't email her. Like she's, she's busy. And my husband, like, cause that's just his mind. He's like, no, she's not. It's fine. She's a human being. So we'll email her, you know, six questions or whatever that we have. And anyway, we, we struck up a friendship with her. And I mean, she ended up introducing us to our editor and, you know, proofreading some of the manuscripts and just helping me with so many different things that she did not need to do. We had nothing to thank her with. We had sent her like a pizza and some flowers, <laughs> you know, just because like at the beginning we were like, oh, we have nothing to offer you, but except appreciation. Um, but she at the beginning, you know, when we were thinking about, do we go traditional? Do we start our own company? And God really showed us, you know, to, to venture out and do this on our own. And I, you know, we, we learned everything on the fly. She just said, keep going. She just said, keep going. She said, like, I mean, God gave us a vision for the company. He's given us a vision for what he wants our marriage to be, how he wants us to be committed to his ways. And we just have to keep going. When we hit a challenge, we keep going. When we get frustrated or, you know, feel like we can't put all the little chess pieces in place to get everything, you know, set up and strategized correctly, at the end of the day, we're going to keep going and we're going to outlast and outwork and outdo everything because we're going to keep going until God steers us in a different direction. We're just going to keep going. And I, I think about, we say that all the time, like he'll write that on the bathroom mirror or he'll, I'll write it on a post-it and leave it on his desk. And you know, when I know he has a full day of appointments and, and work to do. Um, but I think it's good advice. It's simple advice. Like whatever God's showing you, you know, it's the path is going to change often, but the goal isn't. So your job is to keep going and to, uncover the path that God has already laid out for you to walk. It's not about forging this new, it's not, you don't have to dig a ditch and like lay the cement down in this road that you're building. You need to like uncover the path that's underneath the snow or whatever like thing is laying on the path that you need to discover what God has already laid out. And you do that by persevering, by just simply continuing on even when it's hard. That's that's so good because so many people get so close to what God has for them and then they give up uh, and just keeping going can, can be, make all the difference. Uh, I have to ask two questions. Uh, a follow up on that. Uh, first, did you really send her a pizza? <laughs> yeah, we sent lots of pizzas out to people who helped us at the beginning. I'm telling you, because, well, you know, we have I've never platform. heard of that before. We, we grew, well, we grew the company and now, you know, we have a platform, we've got an email, like we have all the business things that you need, but we worked to get those things. At the beginning, we had an idea and, you know, eagerness. That's all we had. So when, you know, she's answering questions we, and she's writing us back like pages of emails and I'm looking at him going, we don't have anything to get. We sent her flowers. We sent her cards, you know. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think we sent a pizza. I don't know if we sent it to her. We must have sent a pizza to her at some point. Who doesn't like pizza, though? Think about it, right? Well, now, you've inspired me, I guess, uh, for being on the show. It's, I, I, you know, it's, it's you... a way to appreciate someone that doesn't cost you a lot. Wait, wait, what's your favorite kind of pizza? I'll, I'll send you some pizza after this. <laughs> <Exactly. time. laughs> 
Hey, the other question with the, uh, you used the phrase and I, I saw it in somewhere you were uh, finding uh, the path under the snow. Uh, and uh, for a guy in Minnesota, that that's an amazing quote because uh, <laughs> the snow is finally melting Where over here. Where is the path, God? <laughs> yes, there, there's no, this may be months from now, I but it's starting shovel. to melt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. But in practicality, I mean, beyond keeping going, any... Uh, when it seems like it's underneath the snow and you're trying to figure that out, uh, any because you're you're navigating a path yourself. Any advice for someone who's can't seem to see where that pathway is? I think you know, and and I would give myself this advice right now because we're you know we're rebranding, we're you know we're changing, we're expanding. We've had a lot of success with the business, but it's not come easy. It's come through a lot of work, but I think a lot of the times you know, I'm constantly learning and relearning that I have to separate my personal timeline from God's timeline because those two things, they run congruently. I think Lisa Turker said this in a talk I saw a while back. They run congruently like side by side, but they don't touch a lot of the time. Like God's highway and like pathway and lane that he's in, I'm trying to go that with him, but it's not the same. And I have to constantly deal with my fleshly like okay, I want it to happen at this time. And when it does happen on this date, then we're going to start, you know, then we're going this way. And you're trying to move all these pieces and get all this trajectory set when what you need to be doing is allowing God to reveal it to you. And that feels passive and it feels like you're not working. It almost feels lazy. I think inherently for me, it feels like if I'm not doing and working and pushing and going and it's, you know, building, then I'm not doing my due diligence. And I think we can get into the trap of like toiling in that. And I think that's where the enemy likes us. Like if we're toiling and we're worried and, oh, it's not happening. And, oh, man, then is that, can I question the Lord now? Because it doesn't seem like it's happening in my time frame. Like the enemy is very sneaky that way. Um, so I think just the advice that I would give somebody, not just keep going, but truly like be okay with whatever God's timing is. Because it, it is not going to be your timing. <laughs> a lot of times God, it's, it happens before you feel like you're ready or you feel like you've been ready for a really long time and it's not happening yet. So it, no. it rarely feels like it's dead <laughs> on with your timing, but it's because God sees the whole picture. We do not. So just get on his timeline and pray for peace while you wait and peace You know, when you jump into something and you need courage too. I think we can be courageous and peaceful at the same time. I, <laughs> I'm a... Well, I think of that verse, uh, keep in step with the spirit. Uh, and there's a tendency of either going too far ahead. Uh, and that's my tendency. I, I like, oh, I see where this is heading. Let me, let me just, let's go there. And I'll, you catch up with me, God. Yeah, the get it. now, right. God's like, no, I'm trying to show you things. And, and we're going to help people along the way. That's the other thing too. Like we're going to help and bless and serve and do things for others on the way. And if we go too quickly, we're going to miss all of these opportunities to witness, to love people, to, you know, bring people along for whatever journey God wants that, like, we're going to play a role in their lives also. And God wants to use us. Um, so I don't know, like just knowing that, like allowing yourself to be interrupted because the bigger picture, again, like what does God value? God values souls and he wants us to make disciples. Like the, that's, what's important to him. So are we like, are we open for that? Are we present and available or are we just like head down grinding toward that thing we're trying to build? That's an earthly thing. 
and we're we're missing the holy holy interruptions that are are supposed to be along the way. Uh, a few more questions, and I I know you got a sick daughter. We want to get you back oh, yeah. to her, but uh, uh, what uh, what's God been teaching you recently that's been messing with you? Is there anything that comes to mind beyond what we've just? <laughs> yeah, I like that question. Um, gosh, I think <clears throat> he's teaching me a lot about <clears throat> overwhelm. I think just in terms of like. excuse me, because I'm the content person for everything we do. So I'm, you know, the one that travels around and speaks at conferences and I'm the one that hosts the podcast and I I write all of the books and resources and deliver all the video training. Like I, there's no shortage of thing to do or thing that we want to do or we want to build all these things. You know, I've, I've got an agent and I'm working on this other book and there's so much to do that I think it's easy to go. And and as a woman, I think as a wife and a mom, I get stuck thinking this way all the time. Like I've got so much to do and it's all supposed to happen right now when it's not. And so I think, I think having all of these, you know, different projects waiting for me to timeline and, you know, schedule out and God wants to show me that it isn't supposed to be so overwhelming, but it sometimes it just feels like, it's all and it's now and the pressure of that can really get to you. Um, so I think, I don't know, that's, that's just what's messing with me right now is kind of trying to discern, okay, Lord, we're la- you know, we're launching the next phase of the company. And then how much of it is video resources? How much of it is a new series for Bible Bells? How much of it, you know, we're in the process of, um, of adopting. Oh, wow. And I'm going to homeschool my daughter. So, I, <laughs> wow. Right. So, exactly. So, I just, I just said four things to you where it's like, you know, there's a, all of those things have are weighty and meaningful and exciting to think about. But I'm going, okay, like what's first, right? And what's going to run alongside each other, maybe be worked on both at the same time. But, you know, not, not taking on so much that you get overwhelmed because. God really has a plan and a timeline for all of these things, right? Right down to the next project you're supposed to do, the next ye- the next yes you're supposed to say, or the next no. Right. Oh. So I think you know, just walking, like you said, walking in step with the Spirit is um, takes the pressure, alleviates the stress and the pressure and the worry of feeling like you have to do all of it right now because you don't. I, well, I sh- should say congratulations on the adoption process. <laughs> I can't just leave that. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, we're so excited. Um, we, we feel like God's been, you know, God, I think when Brent and I met, we, we, it was, it was a, it was a possibility for us right away because we didn't think that I could have children. I mean, they took out the part of my body that like regulates your metabolism and your heart rate. I was like, I my this body can't produce a baby. I put God in a little box around that. <laughs> I had that baby five years ago and she's awesome. Um, but I think at the time when we met, it was a conversation you know, what would our family look like if we couldn't have a traditional family or couldn't have biological children? So we talked about adoption and then, you know, got busy with entrepreneurship and quitting our jobs and traveling and doing all the things and then had a baby in there. So we, I feel like we laid down what we told, what what we told God we would do. And now we're, we revisited it, you know, about 12 months ago and just really started praying. Um, like, why would we wait? We, we feel like God's told us to adopt and there, there is a baby out there. There is a child out there that we're supposed to adopt and we're just open to that. So whenever and however, and in his perfect timing, we will Very do cool. it. It's exciting. Cool. Yeah. All right. 
Well, let me uh, ask you one other question, and then the final question I always ask is, uh, you know, where you want to send people. You've got multiple sites, so you probably <laughs> you can send them to all sorts of places. But, uh, again, uh, I was trying to do my research, and uh, I s- saw on your office wall on one of your episodes that you have a quote by Steve Jobs. Uh, the one who's... The ones who are crazy enough to think that they can change the world are the ones who do. Uh, and if you put it on your wall, it must mean something to you. So uh, what is that? Uh, unless your husband put it up, I guess. But <laughs> is it, is that, what's the meaning of that quote for you? Well, his brand of crazy is there's there's really no words to describe it. Um, and he's he's really showed me. I love that guy so much, man. He's He just has showed me how to let go and be fluid and flexible with what we get to do, like the opportunities that God places in front of us. And I think, you know, we, and, and feeling this way too, I think, because I came from the traditional working environment where it was like, you know, nine to five, it was very rigid. You go and you perform this service and then you go home and you, you know, leave it at work and everything was compartmentalized, but now it's not like our ministry is our marriage, is our business, is our parenting, is our everything. And I think it's allowed us to be flexible, to change and adapt quickly and to not care so much about preconceived notions for what you're supposed to do. Those are built into culture and the context for those, you know, come in our upbringing, come throughout history and trends and, you know, different ways society has changed and God doesn't work within those parameters. So we can be, we can just be crazy. We can lay those things down and we can do the work that he's called us to do. It's going to look crazy to the rest of the world. Um, You know, and sometimes the, the work that God wants to do in the world doesn't make sense to a lot of regular folks, but it's, it's okay. Like we're, we're all going to, you know, stand in front of him and give an account of ourselves. And we, we want to get to the end and just, and have him say, not just well done, but you got it. You know, you were, you were about my business on earth and you were, you were about the things that I cared about. And sometimes that looks a little crazy. So I think for us being crazy enough to think that you can change the world means just walking with God and doing what he tells you to do. Uh, I love that because one of my passions in life is uh, that people have not experienced all the creativity that God has. And there's a, there's so many different expressions of how that can look and what obedience looks like. And so we miss, we miss that when we kind of put them in a box of this is what it has to look like to serve me. And to, you, can, you can write kids books and talk to women and it's, it's part of his, his grand plan. So <laughs> I was. So I heard a pastor say. I don't remember who. I was watching something the other day, but it was like whatever is good, whatever is lovely, whatever is. And he was focusing on that word, whatever, not, not as just like a. You're only supposed to do these things, and God's like putting you in a box. But it's like God really gives you, like you said, just a, an expanded opportunity for creativity and to do whatever is pleasing to Him. And He's gonna He's gonna walk with you while you you know, while you make that unique expression of creativity, it's so cool. Hey, well, and like I, like I said, the final question I always like to ask, uh, where, would, where would you like to send people if they want to learn more about what you're doing, uh, the Bible bells, the whole thing, uh, uh, and any final ask that you have, if you have 
if you, certain type of pizza, I don't care. Whatever you don't want to add. <laughs> I love it. Um, the best place to go right now, because we're we're in the process of transitioning our website over, and you know, new name, new logo, and everything that will all be revealed very soon. But um, the best place to go right now to connect with us and you know to find out more about what we have going on is uh, biblebells.com. It's B-I-V-L-E-B-E-L-L-E-S.com. There's resources there. There's, you know, you can connect with us directly. All the podcast episodes are there. Blogs are there to help you in your walk with, with girls, the girls you're trying to lead. Um, that's really the best place to go to connect. And then once we have the new website up for the new company, I'll, uh, you, you'll get all the updates there. So all the details are coming on that soon. Very cool. And I, uh... And you can even send that to me, and I'll put it in the the show notes for that, oh, okay. uh, uh, so that that'll be available. And Great. the Bible bells as well, and all the books will be in the show notes for people to uh, find. So thank, thanks so much for taking the time today to be on the show. I appreciate it. It's uh, it's been it's been very good. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Kevin. It was great being here. All right, God bless. Well, there you have it. I hope you have a renewed commitment to whatever Jesus has called you to do, because uh, that's really what it's all about, to spread the good news and to make disciples. And it, I think she did a great job of refocusing us on that uh, vital thing that we are called to do. Uh, if you enjoyed this, why don't you share it with a friend so that they can uh, be encouraged as well. Maybe a parent of a girl or a parent in general <laughs> uh, that could be blessed by this. Uh, also, would you subscribe so you don't miss an episode and if you're looking for the show notes uh, links to all the things that we talked about head on over to enjoyingprayer.org enjoying prayer is the name of my uh, first book and so that's why enjoyingprayer.org and click on a podcast while you're there why don't you check out all the other resources we have to help you in your walk with jesus and now until next time i pray that god bless you and keep you uh, may his face shine upon you and be gracious towards you may his turn his face towards you and give you you peace. I pray today would be a great day for you and the mission that God has for you. So until next time, thanks for listening.